That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, and you logged on to 10th Year Seniors.com. I'm Draymond Green, forward for the Golden State Warriors, and you log on to 10th Year Seniors.com. Wrapped up in for you. Kids grow up scars that are rubbed down with oil. And life didn't change a bit, but I can't grow apart. But those are my pushes. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. We had guidance. We was more blessed than others. We was the deepest family. Nobody had more cousins. The street lights I think this is the first time you've been in this country for more than a four day consecutive span for the last two months. It's been a while. That's all I can say. And even if I've been in this country, does Kendall Isaacs count as this country? Uh, it depends on who's playing. Then I would say I've been out the country. There you go. Welcome to a very special edition of Long Range Two Pointers. We're here to talk about John's journey across America to catalog the beginning of what we like to call the most Bahamian NBA season in history. Like, we've never had this before. We've had... Everybody knows by now all of the Bahamians or people of Bahamian descent or roots, whatever you want to call it, that have been in the NBA. But this, this is our moment. This is where we have two one-passport Bahamians. Is Aiden a one-passport Bahamian? Yeah, he's one-passport. We got two one-passport Bahamians that aren't just mere players in the NBA, but they're major figureheads of their teams. One is the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft. One will probably be the most improved player in the league. So... You have big-time talent that are Bahamians, and I feel like everybody needs to have a different approach toward this season. But as we've seen already, not so much. Not so much. It hasn't really been much of a different approach other than other than for us, right? Because we've been planning for this from 2014. Yeah, well, this is, I guess, if, if you want to be different, like we've known that whatever date in October or whenever they... For some reason, the season changes like every year. Like they push it closer and closer to the beginning of October. But we knew that when we saw Aiden play in Summer of Thunder, that we pretty much we started planning for the draft yeah, from then. Yeah, with the draft and season opener. So we circled those things on the calendars four years ago. That being said, if we did this, and we are not the stand-up respected journalists like all of your favorites in the rest of the country. We're nothing like that. Like, we... Listen, ain't no Amajal Knowles in this room. No. We are, we are not the real journalists out there. So, why the hell was nobody else on any of these trips like you were? Were you surprised at the lack of Bahamian media support and attention for the first two weeks of the season for both of these guys? Yeah, well, I thought at least... Because it goes back to the buddy thing. We were the only ones at Buddy's home opener. And I know one thing. It definitely was a big difference between that home opener and the one coming. Now you have a number one pick. The whole, like, and I'll say one thing. The difference between, and I'll call out the organizations, the Pelicans and the Suns. Was Pelicans a, were shitty, but like, yeah, I have the no Suns were that. way more accommodating with Aiden than the Pelicans were with Buddy. Like when we were trying to get Buddy and all that but yeah no i i'm surprised because you know a lot of these organizations here have probably a hundred times more of the budget than we have and that everyone always comes and it's just like oh it's the money it's the money bullshit that bullshit. you don't find it as important as as you find other things like if a politician 
I don't know, blow smoke out of his butt or whatever the hell they be talking about all the time. That shit is covered from wall to wall. But this, these people that actually, because to me, they're more than just basketball players. Yeah. I feel like they're also but, inspirations. Ain't nobody getting inspired by these niggas in the House of Assembly Rowan. No, but think about it, right? You budget this. This was budgeted four years ago when we said, in four years, we're going to have to come up with whatever the X amount of dollars it is to go, regardless of if you got to get sponsored. You, like you said, you can't rely on sponsorships. You can't rely on people trying. You got to do it yourself. That's what, And this is what is kind of... This is always vexing to me because how is it that nobody else out there gives a shit? I don't know. No, they don't care. But then when time comes for them to, for example, come home... Or then they expect to be treated like, oh, yeah, well, we're whatever company that has this clout in the Bahamas and we have 20,000 papers go out a day type thing or we have X amount of things. It's just like, nah, like, trust me. And I'll tell you this now. The players know. Yeah. And if like, if you don't build up the capital with these people, listen to me. You can say you, you like you mentioned just now, you can say you sell like 20,000 papers a day or you got like 30,000 viewers or whatever in our little country but these dudes also have ESPN chasing them which has a global reach yeah so and, and get that's in the thing and there's there's no like it, it is disappointing because I was talking to a lot of people from you know different media outlets or whatever I spoke to someone from China and he was just like you y'all know that if a Chinese basketball player was here, we'll have like a hundred journalists apply for this game. It was ridiculous. Me and Kaizen were just listening to the podcast about Hideo Noma when he came over to the US and his first game they had over two hundred Japanese media credentials. Yeah. Now I understand like that's a country of millions of people, but it just gives you the kind of perspective. If we had five That's just what I'm saying. Like anything more than one. Like whatever we had at the NBA draft should have been there. For the, for first, the first game. This is more important to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is a bigger deal. Yeah, no. And I just don't get it. Like, I honestly don't get it. Uh, I've always said, and I go to my mom, because I see my mom after this trip, and she's just like, oh, how'd the trip go? So I have a house for sale. I'm like, they ain't making that much money to be spending like $4 million right now, moms. Like, we got to wait till they get to the second contract. Like, I'm talking like, I'm talking <laughs> hey, like how Aiden always is. Always be closing, Carmen. Always <laughs> be closing. So amazing. I'm See, there, like, that's how you know that woman is about her business. Yes. Oh, you got these NBA friends? Eh? Kind of house they need. Yeah. So I'm just there like, nah, you got to wait the second contract to throw that in there. Second because contract. That's when they get the signing bonus to this. That's when they could, you know, they can't spend half the money they have now. I'll tell you who Carmen's, uh, who her target should be. It's Aiton. Because Aiton said that draft night at the press conference when they asked, how will you know you have success? Yeah. He said, when I get that when second contract. When I get that contract, second contract. Let's target that one. So, yeah, no, and like I told my mom, like, I just can't go and be like, hey, $3 million house, you know? Always be so. closing, baby. Always be closing. So, what John did was went, like we mentioned earlier, he went across the country. John took about, what, 10 flights, maybe? God. He's One, been to two. a whole heap load of city, cities, just following DeAndre, following Buddy over the first few games of the season. So, we start with... The season opener, the debut of the number one pick, which is always a big deal for all NBA beat writers, all NBA fans, because if there's one thing you want to see is if the number one pick lives well, up to the hype. So I know someone's listening to this podcast right now saying who, and he's going to say it's Joe, because that's how my trip started. 
Where? <laughs> Let's get right to it. So trip number trip number one, you take off from here. You get you head to Phoenix to watch DeAndre Ayton in his debut against Luka Doncic and yeah. the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, it was um it was pretty interesting because you I became Joe. Yeah, I became Joe in Miami because when I went to Wendy's there and they were like, "Can I have a name?" I'm like John. They're like, all right, cool. So I get my receipt and all of a sudden they start calling Joe, Joe, and I'm like, "Who the hell is Joe?" And you're I look. I think I'm ever seeing like, oh, I'm Joe. So let me go get my stuff. Yeah. So true. I became Joe um, on this trip. So I get to Phoenix. God, I like 1 a.m. Like it's one of those time things. Like the flights was just crazy. My hotel was like the, uh, um, you know, we stay at the fancy places, the Motel 6. Of course. Of course. We, was, listen. was ten, like, oh, we had to cancel your reservation because you didn't check in. And I was like, oh, crap. Anyways. The 10YS budget. Yeah. only allows Infinite. for us to stay in the finest of all establishments when we travel to these games, much yes. like we were at the Final Four in Houston. Yes, except this place is nicer than the Final Four in Houston. But anyways, I'm there. We trying- had a Denny's two steps away, <laughs> yeah. John. Settle down. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with because usually you get emails from these teams. And sometimes you don't. But the Phoenix Suns didn't want to didn't send emails. Not that they didn't want to. It's just I guess because. I'm on the list that I'm on these one-off games. Like, there's no point of putting me on the list. But right. some other. But anyways, so I start emailing um about a boy Julio from NBA. Word to Julio. And I was Julio like, Yo, plug. how do I find out about these things? Like, I'm trying to figure out what time shooter on is because you're not flying three thousand miles or twenty five hundred miles to Phoenix to not yeah, go to shoot around. You're going to catch everything yeah. that that's available. Everything that I can. So I um. They're like, oh, follow this Twitter account. Okay, cool. This is how hey, this is how the industry is <laughs> yeah, in 2018. This is a, so you I follow the account, and like in two hours, I get approved because it's a private account. I get approved, and then I message them like on the day, and I'm like, um, what time shoot around? And like half hour comes. Oh, shoot arounds at 10.30. But little did they know, at that time, I decided to go to the gym like at 9 a.m. Strong. Yeah. Also a very strong 10YS move. I was like... I don't know what time shoot-around is. Sometimes they're at 11, sometimes they're at 10. It's a West Coast team. Who knows what it is? So I'm out there, and I'm just there like... So I was real Bahamian that day. I wore my Bahamian Puma polo shirt that I have. Also, listen, that is also a staple of 10YS when you go on these trips. This is how you get noticed right away, yeah. and you make sure you get, like, the first question. Yeah. Like, you either say something really I wasn't out here pump-faking. I was, wear, at, something I was really letting people know, like, you know, I'm here for one reason. Yeah, that's what it is. So, um... Yeah, I'm inside the room, and you just see a bunch of, like, you know, big-name ESPN people and people who fled to the athletic. I think I had, like, five people accredited for that game. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. And then my name's next to, like, the Spain guy and the Chinese no, guy. No, it's not ridiculous, John. It's what shit yeah. happened. He's the most... He's the biggest name in the NBA draft, which is in your incoming class. This is the person that everyone wants to see. Yeah. Like, that was the big game for that night. So... He, um, I go on the court, and it's always hit or miss and shoot around when they open it up because players always do treatment. And like, remember last time? Yeah, you don't know if they're actually. Yeah, you don't be know. There. Like yeah. when we went to go get Clay, we didn't know. We just camped out by the locker room because we were like, hey, you know. Amazing so, story. anyways, um, yeah, uh, we were looking, and then I said, hold on, what's going on? Why is everyone walking outside? So, me being the great journalist I am, I walk out with them. So if someone was out there to, you know, just like rob us, I was going to get robbed too. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was, and, but we stood there and like in five minutes, Aiden came out and I was like, oh, cool. Aiden's here. And there was a bum rush of reporters as usual, you know, so you got to 
claim your territory, which is the most important thing. I will say this, and while we're on this topic, we got to take this and run with it. You did an incredible job boxing out the entire trip. Like, <laughs> I will say, all of the stories that you and Mario Boleg been talking about true. for years about your box out skills, all 100% true. Because for every post-game presser, for every shoot-around, you had the position right in front. And if you've never been a part of an NBA scrum, people, that is not easy to do. No. I tell you. Like, ESPN... NBC Sports they ain't got nothing on me. Let's just put it that way. It 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 really was amazing. Like I I feel like you have to be in the industry to really appreciate how difficult that is to do. So the crazy thing is though, and because we have a relationship with Aiden, seeing Aiden from his first interview to it's in my roots, to uh, the it, first one. Yeah. yeah, it's been. I mean, and a part of that is the natural growth. From yeah, it's going a, to fifteen <laughs> to twenty. But you know, I get it. But no, but you still look at it like, man, he's matured a lot. Like it's crazy yeah, how it for is. Sure. So. You know, we're doing the interview uh, uh, shoot around and everyone is asking so many questions. And I'm just there like, uh, I'm just going to wait my turn because if someone asked my question, then that just avoids. If so, but I knew no one was going to ask it. So then when I started talking, for some reason, like I started talking and Aiden saw me and he gave me the head nod. And when he gave me the head nod, that shut everyone else up. Because you know what? It, you know what? And we ex- I think we experienced this with with Buddy they're really surprised that people are there for them. Like, especially people from from home. Because you get accustomed to all of that media attention when you're in the U.S., but you know yeah. what that is, right? They're not really there for you. They're, they may be there for the event, and you're a part of the story. When they see somebody come from home, and especially us, because obviously they know what we are, yeah. mom and pop operation. We're not like a, a major media entity. So when they see us go out of the way and do that, like you say, they recognize that. Yeah. So I asked him what uh, one question because I was just like, too many reporters here. I'm in the mood for this. I'm tired. Yeah, I tired. You just I, be tired. I, I flew all the way out here and had to wake up early, and I still on East Coast time. It feels like four o'clock. So let me just get this quick clip so I can put yeah. this up on the ground. So I That's see a him. It's a stunt clip. Yeah. So after it, well, this is my favorite part of this story. After the Phoenix Suns um, media person goes up to them. And he's like, oh, DeAndre, could you do a, a thing for the game tonight so we can put on the big screen? You know, Phoenix fans get up, blah, 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 that type of thing. You know, energize the crowd. So everyone pulls out their phone and they're like, and the woman's like, this is mine. This is mine. Everyone take, stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, who was this strangely annoying woman? Yeah, it's the media person for the Suns. Oh, okay. So I was just like, I wanted to be like, you need to relax. Like. I didn't. I wasn't one who pulled my phone out because I'm like I really don't care about this thing, and but everyone else was just trying to get a picture, you know, or something because you know people got to use pictures and stuff for their for their stories. Like we mentioned earlier, if you can't get that up on Twitter or on social media, yeah. then you. So anyway, she and it was funny because after she finished complaining, he did it. He hails me and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, oh, you coming to the game tonight?" And I'm there like, I mean, that's a very stupid question, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, bro, I flew all the way out here for shoot around, and now I'm gone. Oh, no, I'll just passing through <laughs> <Yeah>. Arizona. <laughs> so so I was just like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hit you up after the game of the, the press conference or whatever. And he was like, all right, cool. So anyways, the game happens. Let me just say first things first. The Phoenix Suns Arena has, like, the worst lighting 
I think that I've been to of all the arenas I've been to. Photographer problems. But not just photography. It's like, it's yellow. No, John, this is something that I would not ever notice. Yeah, okay. When you go like, there. you know when me and you go on yeah. assignments and you tell me about light and I'd be like, yeah? Yeah, anyway, it, there's a yellow tint. My computer looked the same. Yeah, there's a yellow tint in the arena, right? And then they put all the international journalists in one corner. As and, usual. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, nothing's worse than Club Penthouse in, in Dark. The, the Miami heater. owes me. You know what? No, I lie. Miami, you've given so much to me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so we were much. all the international. And it was just like yeah. the tightest space of all time. And I'm like, crap, this sucks. So the second I had a chance to get out, because it was actually on a platform where you could take photos and stuff. So it was it was a pretty cool setup let's be real there's no way you stay in in whatever allotted space that you have anyway like yeah you've never so, done that in the history yeah. of you doing this job so i was just like whatever you know i sat there for the first quarter took a couple photos and i was like damn like golden one center is so much better when it comes to media seating like like this here ain't cool but yeah the game's over and the guy uh next to me i was talking to, he's like if i was you i'll go down now because the the rush is going to be crazy so i listened to him Waited 30 seconds. Say, you know what? The man's right. I, I don't know his name, but give him credit. For- Shout out a uh, clandestine uh, journalist that gave us that really, really good the, hint that yeah. helped us to get that good position. The for heads up. So The box out. Yeah, so it's funny because they did a live shot with Aiden after the game. I, I know I, I put that on Instagram or whatever. And I was just like, all right, well, the coaches in the press conference, usually when the coach is done, there's 10 minutes and then there's the... They open the locker room. This must have been a different day. Because all of a sudden, the guy comes out. And he's like, who wants Aiden? Come now. So it was like, shh. Everybody just broke off. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it was like maybe seven of us at first. And we all broke off. And like, I was next to this ESPN woman. And I'm like, bumping elbows. Up, and, you yeah. know? Like, I'm talking no. about. like, I was I'm getting talking there. And when I got to the front. Sorry. Push people down. And then, you know, it was October. So yeah, it's very important. Yeah, so I got there. And shout I was out like, Sorenex. Shout out MacFit360. Shout out uh, Pen and Paper Strength. That shout out Squatsober. Yeah, so I get there and bam, we set up camp. And Aiden, Aiden likes doing his interview. Every NBA player is different, but he does his interview sitting down. He doesn't do his interview standing up. Well, see, I feel like that's always the case for the seven footers or anybody six ten and above. Yeah. You do your interview sitting down because then it's too awkward standing up because you're way taller than everybody else. So let's be real. Yeah, journalists are all super short. And yeah, that that was a great like for me the first because it went from six minutes where there was like ten of us to then because if you see the press con and I know online after six minutes it cuts off the sound because I didn't do something but it's on YouTube. I was just too lazy to re-upload it. Y'all ain't watched that long in the yeah. six minutes anyway. Shut up. Anyways, everything he said in the first six minutes was said after the fact. And I was just like, I want to tell these people, babe, y'all need to shut up, wait, because y'all was late to the party. But anyways, there was like 30 people at the end of it. And we was just, you know, I was able to get the first question into Aiden, asking him about Luca and how Luca owe him money. Because the whole thing was, they had a bet. Yeah. Whoever had the better game owes them $1,000. And my favorite part was when... And Aiden had a double-double, 18 and 10. Yeah. And the favorite part of the thing, other than him, you know, uh, talking to us, was at the end of the interview, he was just like, yeah, you know, Luca owe me that money. He better send that on my PayPal. Nice. (laughs) Word to PayPal. Because, you know, they're sponsored by PayPal. Yeah. The patch. I was just like, for people who don't know, the patch on the jerseys on PayPal. So I was just like, this guy knows it already. Hey, always be selling. Always be selling. So uh, here's what I want to ask you. 
the difference between the approach to getting ready and we were there for the first buddy game for buddy's debut obviously Aiton's debut was amazingly different number one his team won number two he had an amazing game much different from buddy the atmosphere in in that in that locker room for the post game presser oh it was much much better right it was great because i read brent's story but um trevor reza shout turks and kegos because that's just what i'm going to say he reminded him bro you're still a rookie and you didn't do your rookie duties so in the middle of the interview he had to get up go get the towels and then come back and then pretty much session two of the interview went on but it's just like you know aiden's never been like yeah he doesn't like losing but what i've realized in the last couple of years like he's been more upbeat about everything like it's not like uh, well he knew he was coming into lots of money john yeah uh, yeah so I there's would. that I would be upbeat That'll have as well. you very, very upbeat if you know, but hey, all I have to do is keep playing Even ball. after the fact, because I spoke to Aiden for like only a couple of minutes because it was so much media in there. And then a lot of the Tucson people were there for for Arizona Wildcats, you know, that w- that who came in late. So they were able to get an interview. So he was just giving interviews like crazy because I was just like, let me get this and get the hell out because I got to go down to, to Tucson. All right. So... Perfect segue. So you spend a day in Tucson. That's where you give Dean his buddy and his eight and jerseys. Uh, remind him of exactly how Bahamian he is. Get him to say a lot of Bahamian stuff, which is always oh, yes. great. He got in trouble at school for saying bungy hole. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you doing to this child? He's Bahamian, man. What are you doing to this child? He's a, he's a little white boy in Arizona. Why is he saying bungy hole? Know his roots, dog. Pause. And how do they even know that that's something that he shouldn't say? Because how do they even know? Because they don't bad? know what it is. Like, so he could just be saying, "You know what? I have international family. You guys don't know what that means. That See, actually means that's like, what I'm trying to morning. teach him. Try to teach him, like, yo, you tell him that's how you talk, and that's it." <laughs> Poor dude. So after you spend time with family in Tucson, then you head to Oakland, uh, game two for DeAndre, and this one. This one is a little different. Yeah, this one is a little different this, because we got people on both sides. Yeah, of this and one. I believe hands the, the down, Golden State game. I, yeah, I believe hands down this was the greatest interview tenth year seniors ever had. It really hit. Listen, when we started this in 2014, we had some goals, we had some plateaus we wanted to reach. One of those was for Clay Thompson to give an interview exactly like he gave you. Yeah, before it, that, game. it was be- because it was amazing. Le- for some, I, Oakland has an unwritten rule, I think, with journalists. No one was in there. No one. So I go in there, and um, one of the, the PR people come up to me and was like, you're not allowed to record in here. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm waiting for an interview. And he's like, oh. And he looked at me like I was weird. So apparently, no one goes in there to do pregame interviews. Anyways, Clay Thompson comes walking out with his Pepsi cup, and he does a double take, and he sees the logo. Because, you know, the logo is always booming. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, man, I didn't know you were in town for this. And uh, just to give a quick backstory, Clay Thompson, you know what? You behemoth athletes could learn a thing or two from Clay Thompson. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Anytime Clay Thompson sees us, whether it's in, where were we? we New, were Orleans. In New Orleans. Whether it's here, anywhere. Clay recognizes the logo. Four-time All-Star, three-time world champion, uh, three-point champion. Yeah, everything. Well, a top 15 player in the NBA always recognizes the logo, but y'all niggas. I mean. So I go and I'm like, um, can I get a quick interview? And he goes, 
I usually don't do interviews before games, but because it's you, come to my office. So his office literally was like 10 steps away in his locker, right? Yeah. So I'm there like, he's like, all right, let me know when you start recording. So I'm like, all right, I started recording. And he's there just eating while I'm ans- asking the question. And while he was doing that, I kid you not, I was just like, this is like, in my head, this is the greatest interview of all time already. Like, I could stop right now and say, that's all we need, Clay. Thanks. Listen to me. This is the same person that goes out there and drops 60 in three quarters like it's nothing. This is the same person that the kind of nonchalant approach Clay Thompson has towards that interview is the same way he approaches his NBA career. And that's why he's so good. It's how he approaches life. Why does anybody think he's going to leave that? I don't know. And the NBA does a pretty good job of putting Clay Thompson against Bahamian born players pretty quickly in the season. Thank you, NBA. Yeah. Adam Silver is always looking out. Like, kudos. That. Apparently, Adam Silver was at the first game with Luca and Aiden. He knew you was coming. Yeah. But yeah. And everything is always. And to me, that was um, maybe a big game, too, because that you have the, the son of a Bahamian number overall, number one pick, and Aiden. Like, that's a big game to beat, too, as well. So, media, Bahamas media, you need to do better. That's all it is. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But it, Clay had some very promising things to say about DeAndre in that interview as soon as he stopped eating. And they had they had a good good matchup against each other. It's something we always like to see. So that was a good game. Well, we knew Aiton was going to come out and put up good numbers all the time. Clay started the season in somewhat of a shooting slump, but as we know by now, broke out of that in the yeah. most amazing way possible. I went to... And it's all because of that interview, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you know, it was a start. It was just like, hey... It was a start of things. And then I gave um, Chris DeMarco a 10YS hat to give to Clay, so he probably gave it to him. That's yeah. why he hit the 14 threes. Yeah. This is what we should have led with. Yeah, no, I see, you just can't give all the secrets away like That's that. That's true. Like, no, no, no. I feel like you need to tell all the listeners because all the yeah. all the hooping, listen, you want success to your career, number one, it comes to us. Like, that's that's just how it is. Aiton wasn't going to be Aiton if Aiton didn't give us those early interviews, dog. Yeah, or we didn't get that UNC game. I mean, he got merchandise we taught very him, early on. We taught him how to, you know, shine in front of the bright lights. We really did. We really did. We really did. So after the Golden State game, you hopped on the Greyhound. Because oh, you know what I forgot oh. to say before the Greyhound? Go ahead. It was very shocking to see a Tum Tum work for the Suns. Yes. Jesus, how could yeah. you miss that on the rundown? So what was, <laughs> what was that moment like? Because we talked about it earlier, but we couldn't find any confirmation about yeah. it. So I didn't know if it was a thing. I remember a lot of people were talking inside the basketball circles because you know you got to be in the basketball circles to know and there was yeah there was rumors of um him going to go get a job with the Suns. so going back to the first game i was just like i'm walking down to you know check out the scope out the court to see what areas i could stand in etc and i see tum tum on the court and i'm like huh what so i go down and you know i'm like yo tum tum and Tum Tum's in the middle of, you know, he was probably giving like a motivational speech while of he was he dribbling. Of anyway, course he is. So dribbling a basketball yeah. is more than just pounding the ball to the floor. Exactly. You're pounding your heart to your dreams. So anyways, I, I see Tum Tum and I say his name again and he sees, he says, oh, I didn't know you was in town. And I was like, I didn't know you worked here. I should have been like, I didn't know you was in town. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, when did this happen? And it was just like, we, we uh, spoke for a little bit and Tum Tum being Tum Tum is like, yo man, snap some photos though. Of course, because <laughs> he because he needs some motivational quotes to put under those. Yes. Yeah. So no, I thought it was cool. And then I talking to Aiden because I spoke to them for a while in the 
the locker room and then we walked out the locker room you know i spoke to to the interviewer aiden spoke to him a little bit so yeah i'll see you in memphis type thing you know and then tum tum goes down and starts talking to draymond and i go to draymond draymond you ain't buy all his books yet <laughs> he should and then draymond's just like i've been asking tum tum for the link but he hasn't i think draymond's gonna buy like ten thousand books so many people are going to buy those books. Yeah, though. but I think Draymond is going to buy, like, literally a thousand books. Yeah. That's a good way to start a writing career. I wonder if, I, if I write a book, how many uh, could I get, like, ten YS people to buy? Like, th- three. Yeah. Maybe like, four. They can get, like, four good books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four is a good start. So then you hop on the Greyhound. You're leaving, uh, you're leaving Oakland, headed over to Sacramento. And 10YS only travels, like we said, we stay in the finest of establishments. And we, we travel, travel the finest ways. Only on the, we travel only in the finest let means me, of transportation. Let me tell you something. Um, like, it was an express Greyhound because, you know. Oh, I, the express. I, yeah, I splurged. So it's only, I only had to deal of with one course, stop. John. But it was so funny because I get into the bus and I said, crap. Why all these people, like, all these friends and stuff ain't sitting together? They want to spread themselves out, you know? So I had to sit next to the bathroom, which is a terrible smell, right? And then I look to my right, and I see someone, and he's introducing himself to the person he's sitting next to. And I said, thank God he didn't sit next to me, because I would have told him to carry his ass. Anyways. So in the middle of Greyhound the Greyhound bu- travel yeah. is uh it's it's a one of a kind <laughs> experience. I of course had this I think it was my junior year when I took the Greyhound from Kentucky to Miami if you believe that for spring break, but you know what that was a very important time because that was duddy wide spring break yeah. and it was worth every single hour. My favorite part of the bus ride was when the bus. The guy turns to me and he's like You know anything about football? And I, <laughs> and I turn to him and I say, no. "Not at all." Yeah. In that moment, in that moment, if he had asked you, do you not think that UCF should be ranked higher? Would you have run away from that conversation? Yes. That would have been the one time you run away from a UCF football yes. conversation. You know what? Good call. I was just Good like, call. I ain't even... And then he kept trying to talk and I was like, yeah, but I'm just, you know, trying to relax before, you know, whatever. Just go and he sleep. goes, oh, my bad, my bad, bro, my bad. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm just going to like shut up and we good. So <laughs> that was. That, and then he comes after the bus. I didn't mean to bother you. I'm like, I think you're bothering me more now than you were in the bus. Greyhound well, is weird. Yeah, weird like I try to make friends on Greyhound. I'm trying to tell you so, it's so weird. Boy. So the thing is, I get to um, Sacramento and the, I messaged Buddy before, like two days before saying, hey, I'm coming to the game. And he was just like, all right, cool. Let me know when you get in town. So me being me, I get there the day of the game. The bus was a little late, so I get to the hotel, check-in. The hotel was five minutes from the stadium. Walk to the stadium. Buddy's doing his pregame workout, and he sees me. He's like, I thought you was coming tomorrow. And I was like, nah, it's today, fam. You've been like, nah, it, it's, no, it's tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> you know what I noticed? How do all these people have the same approach whenever they see you? Yeah. Like, oh, you in town? Yes, I'm right here. Uh, yeah, I'm right here. Cause, but he was just like that because... Boy, they bohemian. Yeah, they really bohemian. And I see Buddy, and he has like four pairs of shoes out. And he goes, and like, babe, why do you have so many shoes? And his response was, I'm trying to be like you, John. And I was like, nah. You, ha- you have a lot of shoes, John, apparently. I don't have a Nike deal. I don't know. I, I mean, apparently, apparently, Buddy thinks that you have a whole lot of shoes. I, I took one pair of shoes on that trip. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's what... It, but anyways, um, 
Golden One Center is like a great arena. You don't have to pay for food. In Phoenix, you have to pay for food, just like Miami, which sucks. But Golden One, the first day, man, their food was off the chain. Like, no joke, the best media food I've had. It was better than New Orleans. Ooh, New Orleans is good. New Orleans was good. New Orleans this one, they had like some some Asian fusion Tex-Mex type thing. Which is always good. And like, all of that you said just now. I yeah, no, it was in, like, people were going up for like three plates. And I was like, I could just go for two. I was conservative. Being, yeah, I was being conservative. Why is he being cute? But anyways, I see Leo and all of them down there from Cowboy Kingdom. Shout out, shout out Cowboy Kingdom. And then, yeah, then Leo goes to me. Yeah, okay. So um, after the game, we'll go by the studio and do a podcast. So I had agreed to do a podcast with this guy. The game happened. Buddy balled out. Ten wires in the house. So, you know, he's not going to disappoint now. Which we will get to later. Yeah. We go to the locker room. We do the interview. And then Buddy goes, yo, let's go for a drink. And I was just like, okay, so I'll go back to the... He's like, no, 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 we can just go in the car now. Before we even get to that, I just want to make one quick note about what happened on the court. So the game before that, Buddy had his worst game of the season. This is when they were on the road in Denver. Yep. Buddy put a five points. And remember, Aiden had a bad game in Denver, but then he had a good game when I came to... We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna get to the streak later. I just want to introduce, give you a slight introduction to the streak. And so John pops up in Memphis on the twenty fourth. Buddy goes for twenty three and no, seven boards. That was Miami. No, no, no. That oh yeah, the Memphis yeah, that was game. Memphis. Yeah, they played yeah. Memphis. Yeah, yeah. He balled out. Yeah, I mean, that was that was he shot like fifty percent from the field. He balled it out. It was the start of things to come. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we'll get to the off the court stuff later, but then. The next day, Mario came in, and it was like Mario Bole, yeah, my uh, uh, vice president, first vice president. So he come, I tell him, I'm like, yeah, because he went through the you know same route as Tenth Year Seniors. He went through Greyhound. <laughs> so I told him, I said, yeah, just come by the hotel, catch your attack. Mario doesn't have Uber, so he catches real taxis. Of course, Mario. Mario not having Uber is the least surprising thing you could have told me. <laughs> so anyways, he comes in, he drops the stuff off, and Mario looks at the hotel, and he's like, this is a nice place. I'm like, it's your basic, you know. Uh, what do you say, John? <laughs> you edited that for TV. Yeah, I edited that for... <laughs> he speaks just like he coaches. <laughs> yes. So anyways, and Mario's just like, well, it's good to know this place is here. I'm just going to book a room for tonight because I'm trying to, you know. He was, he was staying by Buddy. I ain't going to try to uh, deal with it. I was just going to book a room. But he said it with a lot more Fs in it. Yeah. So, anyway, we walked to the arena. And when we walk... Um, no, no, no. B- yeah, no. Buddy picked him up for the next day because he stayed the night there. And then we went by Buddy or whatever. We just chilled out. And then we go back to the arena. So... We get to the arena and Mario's like, man, this is a nice arena because he was at Oakland and Oakland's arena isn't that nice. Yeah. It's just I mean, because Golden One is probably, Gold- that's the newest arena in the NBA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Golden One's nice. Everyone so. says how it's the most tech savvy arena yeah. and all that. No, it's, so, it's great. I mean, you look at the reviews of one of the best ones to go to, everyone says that Golden One is the one pun. So then, yeah, Mario's at the game. I'm there taking photos, you know. And that was a game where I decided to, this is against the Wizards. I was like, I'm going to change up the way I take photos in this game and try to get different angles and different, you know, just different areas of the court where I've never been in Golden 1. And the people there are very accommodating. They don't really care because it's 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 an open arena. It's not like um, 
Miami where everything is closed. Like that lower bowl area, like you could literally. We're sending a lot of shots at y'all, Miami. Yeah. You know why? Because y'all put me up by that goddamn sunshine delay. That's why. So, yeah, it's an open arena. So I was taking pictures and um, I go in the locker room at the end of the game. At the, what was Buddy's stats for that game? I think he had 24 and 5. And the three. Washington game, he went, for, he went for 22. Yeah. Second consecutive 20-point game, people. He yeah. went for 22 and he had five boards. And also, the most amazing part of this game, nothing to do with any of that. The most amazing part of this is game after. is the Block Boy, Black Boy story. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we call this game Block Boy or Black Boy. Because, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just let John explain it. Go ahead. So, I post a picture of of buddy right and it was against um morris one of the yeah, Mor- whatever morris whatever plays morris in player Washington, was because they know. were going at it the whole game like they were beefing like it was like it was real beef and what brought it to the forefront was morris went up for a dunk buddy was trying to chase him now and he couldn't quite get there but his momentum carried him into him and he just like yeah. tapped him on the back nothing nothing serious nobody thought anything of it until you see morris turn around like it was a wive and when he first approached buddy buddy couldn't even tell yeah. him it was a wive because why would anybody I have a problem with that. The but only then, person he had wives with Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with with nutshots. Uh, yeah, can't fault him for that one. But then when Buddy saw that this dude was coming off kind of aggressive, like the rock saw shots in him, came out for a second. Yeah, no, and like I, I looked at it and I, and no joke, I was just like, I got around this court. <laughs> like I saw what that. would you have done? Because but I was all the way up, so I couldn't admit. Hold I on, seriously, you know if if. Seriously, if something happens, like we gotta get kicked out though. Like, yeah, that kind no, of thing I happened. have a I have a like, camera. If on anything a... happens with, with Buddy or Aiden, we just gotta get talked yeah. to by security. I have we a camera on monopod, so yeah, you know. yeah. No, we got gotta... a media pass, so that makes me get closer First to the First of all, situation. we ended up on like every one of those um social media things, baller alert, shade oh, yeah. and all that. All we could that. be on all of that. All that we may end up being on ESPN. Um, we'll I be banned like from covering the NBA. We will. And, yeah. But the country would have to welcome us with the Junkanoo rush out because that is what you do to all of your heroes. Yeah. And if we protected... You're naming a street after us. <laughs> Brooklyn give, Road would be called 10th Year Senior Road. Give us something. Because yeah. if we protect a national treasure just like Buddy or Aiden if they get into it with, uh, in a fight. So we get into the locker room and Buddy is talking to Shumpert, which would be a very good person to have on your side for a fight. Yeah. Right? Seems so. And... They were talking about what Morris was saying, which I'm going to keep that to locker room talk. Yeah, yeah. So Inside but, information. But all of a sudden, Buddy was saying, he was. I thought he was saying, black boy. I'm like, why is he saying black boy, black boy? Like, this makes no sense whatsoever. You're all black. <laughs> I know. I was like, this makes no sense. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask anything. Yes, John, you should have asked no. because that would have been amazing. No. And then all of a sudden, he goes... Um, when I get closer, because I was far at that time, I get closer, and he starts saying, block, boy, block. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, he, does- also, he also reposted the picture yeah. that you posted, and, and that's he put the thing, block, boy, Because what the, happened was, um, apparently that picture I took had so much meaning to it. I didn't know. I just thought it was a cool picture because he had the follow-through and everything, and I knew he was beefing with homeboy, and I was just like, nah, this is a good picture to post. Yeah. I wanted to tag um, Morris in that picture, too. You should have. Just to be like, whatever. But... I'm going to go back and do it. Yeah, but um, Buddy was just like, he was talking to Shumpert and he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. You see the picture? Who t- home, my boy took a picture of that. Like, da, da, da. And I was just like, oh, this is a really important picture. Got 40,000 likes on Buddy's profile, by the way. Block boy. 
yeah. or, or black but, boy. But it was funny because all of a sudden, then him and Shumpert just started, you know, joking around. And Shumpert is like, you see this line here? This is Shumpert County. And then Shumpert was, had this, like, Shumpert was half naked, like going and buddy buddy's grill and all that just messing around and buddy goes turns to me and he's like this dude he really like man (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like no and then buddy stopped and he said no when i mean like the like man like he is like man i mean his gal bot yeah so i mean tiana taylor's amazing so it was and And he also delivered his own kid in a bathroom yeah but no i just thought that that was funny because when i i could have swore he was saying um, black, black boy, boy, black boy, and I was just like, how seriously? But, hold on, hold on. No, no. See, when you thought they the were di- saying black boy, how uncomfortable were you? No, I wasn't uncomfortable. It was just more of a, I'm in America, and because if it was Nassau, I would or Freeport, I would just be like, you saying black boy? You know, I, I would have just said that. But you can't. But just in the say states, that, yeah. I was just like, mm, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, plead the fifth on this one, guys, and just leave them alone. Whatever. Just, just let that ride. Just let that ride. So from there, after Block Boy, Block Boy, you tra- <laughs> you leave Sacramento. But we you- went out, so we'll save that for the off court segment. Yeah, 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 we go off the court. So you travel, f- you travel from Sacramento, not by Greyhound this time, and you head to Memphis because Aiton was about to take on Mark Gasol and the Memphis I- I Grizzlies. Caught two airplanes. There you go. Uh, you know, twenty first century. I know, because that would have been like a s- three day Greyhound bus ride. You miss all the games. Yeah. So um. What happened was Memphis was one of those trips where I really wasn't thinking about it. First of all, I might have made the biggest decision, uh, I'm, the worst decision of my life, I think I might have made. We'll go with that later on in the podcast Ooh. when we get off the court. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I really think I, uh, I did it. But um, What was her name? All right, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just keep I'll, I'll let you know the name off the court just segment. Keep, just keep Save it for that. But um, yeah, I went to Memphis. I didn't even book a hotel. In Memphis, because I said, well, the game's going to be over at this time. I'll be done working at this time. Then I'll um, just go to the airport and, and, you know, stay at the fine establishment that they call Memphis Airport. Oh, but talking about getting to Memphis, I took what they call a, a black Uber because one of the Uber drivers was out. What is it with you and black stuff tonight? <laughs> one of the Uber drivers saw me as like, you're trying It's a woman. You trying to get an Uber? Come, come, come. Just jump in the car. And I was just like, you know what? F it. Might not if it was. So you say so you saying you had a moment like we hadn't came in, yeah. Just was randomly jumping in cars. Yeah. Then. So she put it in or whatever. So I had cash on me, so I paid her cash because okay. I just didn't want to use pay. You know, I was just like effort. You know, I just want to get to the stadium. So, anyways, I get there and I see Aiden warming up, and I took a video of him and posted it, and then he goes and he reposted from his IG account. And then I'm in Memphis Stadium isn't that great either. It's mm. almost like Miami Stadium. It's mm. old. It's not open. It's how they play. Uh, the court's nice though. Like the the color isn't scheme. Isn't it like FedEx something? Yeah, FedEx Fe- form. FedEx form. Yeah, I don't expect a FedEx so form to be great. I get there and everyone like in the tunnel area below in the media section was very friendly. Then I get to Media Row, right? Is, the nickname is the Grindhouse. There's no, yeah. there's nothing good about Media that. Row. I get there and I'm standing up. While I'm watching some of the, and the woman comes, you can't be standing up in here. And I wanted to tell the woman, like, she had beef with me the whole time. Because <laughs> when I first went there, she's like, where's your name on the list? Where's your name on the list? And I said, it's right there under Black Boy. No, yeah, I, I go, I say, don't worry, I can read. It's right here. I'm just looking for my number. And I think she took total offense to that because I don't need 
someone micromanaging me were to sit in my media section. I mean, you but can they did have gummy seat. bears though. Ooh. I, I ate all of them. Oh, I wasn't after I got had beef with that woman. I ate them all. So anyone at that media thing, my apologies. No, I don't her. apologize for that. The no. gummy, gummy bears are there for for you yeah. to enjoy. So they had like an open photo section. So Never I literally left that bears. section, and then I went to the the open area, which was kind of high. And I said, this stadium is pretty empty. I'm going to try my luck. So I literally went to the lower bowl and sat in like one of the back chairs and started taking photos. And you got some, like you were mentioning earlier with, with the game and Golden 1, you got a different angle on some stuff. And the, the pregame, like you were talking about the pregame video, Aiden dancing, that was, pretty, that was a pretty good one. So you were able to get like a different look. Aiden liked to dance plenty. I could tell you that. I mean, yeah. But NBA, yeah. it's a very, very um, black boy league. Memphis, like... Or block boy. Yeah, the start of that game, like, it was just like, meh, man, this game boring. Like, that's all it is. Because it's Memphis. Yeah, it was... Like, it it ain't... There's no excitement about... And literally, the only... colors bother The only reason why I went was because Aiden playing. And you... I've been to Memphis twice. Isn't the food supposed to be really good, though? Uh, Yeah, the food... I've been to Memphis twice. So, I went to Memphis, as you can see on the wall, when we won the Liberty Bowl against Georgia. I went there for Memphis. Uh, The the audience can't see that, but what John is pointing to is the 2010 Liberty Bowl um, championship game. He has evidence of that when he went there. When UCF beat Georgia 10-6. to Yep. And then I went... And the the best thing about um, the Memphis game was I was able to talk to Aiden for like 20 minutes after the game. That's literally the best thing that could happen in Memphis because yeah. otherwise then you're just in Memphis. Because, you know, I was talking to him and Tum Tum and I got to meet the, well, I got to meet the Phoenix Suns PR person in Golden State. Some excellent joining. Yeah. Around. And like now she knew who I was. So when she saw me, she was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. Is this working? Because only Bahamian person there because no one else gives a shit. Mm. Facts. That's just how it is. That's but yeah, I spoke to him for a while, and I would, you know, I told him I said I might be coming up to December fourth game, which I will be. And you know, I go into Miami the next day, and he was just like, "Man, you you all over the place, like you one of these people who ain't joking." I'm like, "Nope, not at all." Nah, we ain't faking. So, we yeah. ain't faking over so here. So he bro. was just like, "Next time I come to Phoenix, hit him up. We'll probably try to get some exclusive content with Aiden, you know, <laughs> type." No, no, I could, I'm a stun on people. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Yeah, I enjoy that. I get, I get, you know, we'll get some behind the scene Aiden stuff, not your usual, just on the NBA court. You know, you see the real side of Aiden in Phoenix during the daytime. Yes. <laughs> so after that, th- we stretch back over to Buddy Watch now and the birth of Buddy Fuego in a very familiar place. Uh, 10YS, it is a tradition. We always go to the Florida swing whenever our Bahamian players. Except when he gets traded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they go up against Miami and Orlando, it is our thing now. We are always going to be there because, I mean, why the hell not? I mean, we go to for every other reason. Go there for this. So, first leg of the Florida swing, Sacramento takes on Miami and the birth of Buddy Fuego. Buddy Tell Fuego. us how that happened. Um, well, the real reason why it happened is I got to the game at the usual around 530-ish time for when they get shooting around and they see Buddy out there. And, you know, I go up and I dap Buddy. So, first, you know, I give him the 10YS. Yo, do it big. Because I, I asked him, like, how much family you got? Come into the game. He's like, around, like, 15, 20 people. So, I was just like, so, you know you're going to have a big game then, right? And he's like, oh, I'm going to try. I'm like, no, it ain't no trying. You're having a big game. you you almost as inspirational as Tum Tum. Yeah, almost. Why you don't write a book? Yeah, three pages long. <laughs> <laughs> 
So UCF, you just you just send it to me and, and be like, now nah, fix the words. <laughs> so yeah, no, and then um, apparently like Miami's a funny a funny stadium as we go by, but I wasn't put in Club Penthouse. I, which by the way, uh, you know what? Screw you guys. So anyways, where I, did they have you sit? I sat on the um the sideline in the middle section. So it was like right in the lower bowl at the top. So I was in lower bowl. Let me uh any of you who've seen the American Airlines arena or have seen the heat play on TV, y'all see like the big sun thing they have up above the scoreboard. You they was higher me, than that. They had me sitting. I was I was on eye level with it. I was equal with it. That is legitimately the top of the arena. Like I there's get, nothing above I that. get during the heat LeBron days, that was lit. This is the Dion Waiters white side days. Yeah. So I had excellent seats and then I saw that there was opening on like the West Front. Apparently you're not supposed to do this, but me being John, I had people call. And then I got cool with a security guard and they let me on the stand to get some pictures. I just wanted for the first half because that's that's the side that buddy them coming. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, watching the game and I'm messaging Leo. Because we have this whole thing when they play and I'm at the game. I just brag about, wait, y'all pretty good when I hear. Which we'll go to that later on in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Buddy, like, he was, it wasn't a fast start game. But in the third quarter, he just clicked. Like, all I, like, I was, like, editing some photos. And all of a sudden, I hear, Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill. And a guy got pretty tired of saying his name. And I was just like, hmm, it's a pretty good game because they had a double-double. Yeah. So we're going into the locker room. They open the locker room up, and I see Buddy, and Buddy's like, John, John. And I'm like, Buddy Fuego, Buddy Fuego. And everyone in the locker room started saying, Buddy Fuego. So that's the thing now. Now, here's the thing. Is Buddy Fuego going to be whenever he just has a good game, or is Buddy Fuego his alter ego for when he's in Miami and feeling somewhat Hispanic? Because as you know, yeah, he has a lot of alter well, egos. His buddy fresh, his buddy love, yeah. his buddy buckets. Buddy Fuego is his buddy Miami uh, thing, okay. but it will count. So only two buttons then. Yeah, it will count if because apparently the Kings have Los Kings uh, yeah. jerseys or whatever. So if he plays on any of those games, and he, you know, he's Buddy Fuego those games. So anytime it has to do something with Spanish, he's Buddy Fuego. So if he plays Los Sons. Against those kings. Then he's Buddy Fuego. And he gets, you know, he's Buddy Fuego. That's that's end of story. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so second part of the Florida swing, Buddy goes to Orlando. And that's and when we took guy. another means of transportation, driving. Which, yeah, yeah I took every a like. Ste- a step up for yeah. TMYS. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was almost Greyhound, but I did the math and it was just like, ah, nah, I need the car. Easy to just drive. So, yeah, I went with Trini Andrew. You know, he writes for the website. That he does. And I told him, I said. This is a tough game to go into. Did he wear his old ass Grand Hill Magic jersey? No, um, he wore he got a Magic shirt. Okay, that said Pure Magic or something like that. Sure. Anyways, it I certainly was not that night. Yeah, I told him this could be a tough game for you, and he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause b- buddy, them go win." He's like, "Why you say that?" I'm like, "Cause I'm here." Perfect segue, John. Uh, you're good at this radio thing, although this is a podcast, but it's the same kind of shit. So here's the thing. I remember John saying this the first time he was at a Kings at a Buddy game, and they won. I remember it the second time. And that was against the Thunder. I remember it the second time. And if you know John, and that was against John, the 76ers. John just says these things, and 
you don't always put a lot of stock into it because John just says these things. But then it happened a third time. Mm. And by the time that this trip was done, at the end of John's journey, the streak is up to eight. Eight. Buddy Healed is eight and O oh when John Mark Nutt is in whatever arena he's playing in. In a this king's is, uniform. This in a king's uniform. This is not a drill. As a member of the Kings, John is I mean, the Kings are eight and oh when John is there. So I don't like, Should they just get you to move to Sacramento then? I mean, well, I after the magic game, now that we're talking about the streak, I go to Buddy and like, yeah, buddy, eight and oh since I since I watched the game, he's like, You can't be here for forty six games. I mean, we can. <laughs> you can. That was that was his response. So you could be here for forty six games. Talk um, to Vivek yeah. and Vladdy. Talk to all of them because I'm sure that's easily possible. Might Listen, as well. put ten YS on the on the communications and PR staff. We be out there. Yeah, like, we don't we don't so, care. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because if you think about it, it's been the first time in twenty two years that they won in Miami. The one we went to. Yeah. And then Orlando. Uh, yeah, and it was the, the first time they swept both them ever. And they did it again this year. I mean, it's just not coincidence. It Listen, eight games. Look, I was right there rolling my eyes at the first two or three. Eight games, though, this a ting. Like, yeah. it is officially a ting at this it's point. It's a real thing. Eight ga- and And the thing about it is... And Buddy's always, been averaging like 20 points a game. I was about to say, he always plays well in those games. Just saying. It's kind of amazing. Like, nobody else can lay this kind of claim to this. No. There's not only a streak with Buddy. Now there's also a developing streak with Aiton. Now Tell there's asterisks next to this one. But no, it just has a little bit more qualifiers. Yeah, it's a little different. DeAndre Aiden is 4-0 when I watch him in Arizona. So, do some quick maths there. So, something is going to have to give because now you have... When we go there December 4th, Aiton's going to be playing in Arizona. It's going to be a game where he's playing against Buddy, so obviously one of the streaks has to come to an end. Either you will be 5-0 and when Aiton is playing in Arizona, or you're going to be 9-0 and for Buddy and the Kings. Yeah. See, and that's where we have to now talk about this streak, because is it something where it's because it's two Bahamian players, we just call it a mulligan and just wash it? No, John. I think... I think the well, integrity of the streak must live on. I think one no streak matter will what, end. Then one streak is going okay. to end. I think we so have whichever to stay one ends it. is over. Yeah. And then I just stick to the you know I just stick to the winning streak. Either way, saying you've got a five and zero streak, especially for Phoenix, if you get five wins for Phoenix, I mean, <laughs> I mean oh no, that I've day seen, that yeah. day back to Arizona, before. just Arizona basketball. Oh yeah. okay. Oh no, I like the buddy streak. Yeah, I, like a uh, low key, I need that to go to nine and zero because that's just... <laughs> it sounds so much better. Let's yeah. be real. We need we need the Kings to win that game. That is a much better streak. Off the court. Off the court. Best moments off the court for this entire trip. And I feel like it starts with when you're in Sacramento. Yeah, but I'll start off in Phoenix. I bummed, Phoenix I, I bummed the ride with my brother-in-law's co-worker to Tucson that night. Um, I was supposed to leave the next morning. And I somehow convinced them to drive me to their house. So that's a start. Always a good start. Um, going to Sacramento, it was... Um, I get. I was telling that earlier, gals. I kind of feel like I know how y'all get treated, mm-hmm. and it's great. Don't ever give it up. Cause when we were out in Sacramento, you know, I was a buddy. We just went to you know a bar or whatever. It was like a restaurant bar type thing. 
drinks would just come in to the table. And when we asked for the bill, it was like, nah, y'all straight. Like, I need to go back to Sacramento just to, to relive those days. And that's after a win, too. Do you hear that, gals? Don't ever give it up. <laughs> Don't ever give it up. <laughs> John just told y'all everything you need to know about your life. Look, because we don't appreciate it because we don't know what it is. Oh, I but know now is. we know. But now I know. And it's a great feeling. It is. And don't, like I said, don't ever give it up. Don't ever give it up. Being independent overrated. Yeah, and then I got, we went out in, um, I don't know, it was some club. And as usual, we get to skip the whole line, which is incredible. And I went out in joggers and tennis and a UCF hoodie. And it made no difference. And it made no difference what I was wearing because I was a buddy heel. And that's when you had, you know, random people coming up to you just wanting to have the buddy conversations. Yeah. Because if like, they, when I, they see you're a part of the in-group. Yeah. Then and then people were coming up, oh, can I take a picture of buddy? I was like, nah, not in here. You know, I was like brushing people off. So you were basically playing the role of like Rich Paul and Maverick Carter do for LeBron in the early days. You were that for buddy. Yeah. You just all of a sudden became the de facto handler for yeah. buddy heel. Yeah. For some reason. I just Why like, were they asking you to take pictures? Because they see me talking to him, and they, I guess they're scared to talk to him, but they could approach a, a regular <laughs> white person. You, how much did you enjoy telling people no? I only told a couple people no, but if it was gals... But I it would, felt really but good But you know what the thing no. was? It wasn't even gals, it was dudes. Of course it was. Dudes? Now, just, <clears throat> let me ask you this question, and this is something that I would have obviously done because, you know, eyes now. Did you use that power for evil? Plenty connections out in Sacramento. <laughs> Say less. Say less. <laughs> Let's move on. Say less. When we go, uh, uh, that's Phoenix. But yeah, plenty connections were oh, made. Oh no, we we can go to Sacramento. Yeah, plenty connections were made in Sacramento. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And then the other off the court thing that I I Good feel trip. that is um the, the Memphis trip, which wasn't planned, but um, Chris DeMarco, who was with coaching staff for the national team. His girlfriend lives there, and I saw her, and I was just... I had no plan whatsoever, and she was just like, oh, I have a couch if you want to stay on a couch. And that's how I ended up staying at a place in Memphis. Your life is so serendipitous. Yeah, and then I just left at 4.30 in the morning to catch Uber to go to the airport. Oh, but the biggest mistake of my life will end it with this. So the last day in Sacramento when Buddy dropped me off to the hotel, he said, yeah, bro, I'll see you in Miami tomorrow. We're going out. Oh, John. Where I was going to Memphis. Oh, John. So, an off night in Miami with NBA players and... I was in Memphis. You were at FedEx Forum at the Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. I am... I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. I'm so sorry. Like, I was legit, like, looking at airline flights. Was this a Monday? No, it was a Saturday. Oh, shit. Yes, it would have been a Saturday night going out. God damn. Yeah. You know what happens in Miami on Saturday nights for NBA players? Yes. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I synced it. I seen things. I would have been just an accessory. You would have been that guy. You would have been... You know, some girl would have woken up the next morning saying, I can't believe I made that mistake. You would have been that mistake. And I would have been glad with it. Of course. What? We all want to be that mistake. What yeah. are you talking about? 
Like being that mistake is what we in shoot Miami. for. We've been shooting for that since in Miami. In. This isn't like being a mistake in like anywhere. You know, Alabama. Anywhere, John. We always want to be the no, mistake. No, no, no. This isn't like an Alabama mistake. I mean, I had a good Alabama story. No, no. Yeah, sure. But this is Miami. This means like yeah. odds are it's going to be a model. Of, of course, they were on NBA players at the very least, if not like a real model, an Instagram model. Yeah. Yeah. And you miss out on that because you was in Memphis. Because you know what happened. They would have been trying to hook up with these NBA players. Exactly. And then I would have just been there and they would have been like, well, you got to take this for the team. And you, you know what? What were you always great at on the court, John? You were always great at rebounding. You would have been rebounding gals. They can't have all of them. They NBA players, they get annoyed by it. Listen, it's 95 gals coming up to them at once. They only want one, maybe five. And so after that, there's a whole other 90 right there. You would have been grabbing all of them at rebounds. At least the eight. You would have had at least eight. You know how much numbers I could have gotten for no reason? 17. 17. Sacramento was nice with that. But Miami would have been better. Say less. We got some trips to make. We got some things to do. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about uh, how they actually played. Um, Aiton's averaging a double-double, but he's scoring 20 points per game. That's it. Oh, I left, and they were like six in the playoffs, and then they won some losing games or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back our, in Sacramento Our soon. podcast is barely about that actual basketball. I'll talk about that stuff with Tage. This was all about John's journey and the fact that when we go on these trips now, I need you to rebound the ball. This has been the 10YS Podcast Network. That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for credit or to soak in. But to have an impact on direction that they go in. Grounded by the roots, hooked to the soil. Recognize the rumble that we in, yeah, it's royal.